Business Matters in association with Atlantic Technological University, Donegal. Study for a Doctorate of Business Administration and obtain the highest level management qualification available. Visit atu.ie forward slash DBA. My guest this week on Business Matters is Barry Doherty of CNB Agri Enterprises. Barry, welcome to the program. Now, your company, it's a, it's a fairly specialized field. So I suppose, first of all, maybe you can just tell us in layman's terms, what exactly does C&B Agri Enterprises do? Hi, Chris. How are you? And uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, C&B Agri Enterprises, uh, first and foremost, is a company that makes uh, biostimulant liquid type fertilizers uh, from seaweed and fish. Uh, we manufacture them in Duncan Ely, and we've been in operation uh, since the company was set up in the year 2020. So we're only a couple of years into our, into our project. And in that short space of time, fair to say things have gone pretty well? Yeah, very well. Our product has been well received worldwide. We're mostly an export-led company. You know, 90, 95% of our sales are, are export-led to different parts of the world. And, you know, the the big fertilizer companies that have been purchasing our, our liquid seaweed products and fish products from us have uh, got amazing results really to date, to be fair. And so give us an example of, of the, the end use of the, the, the products that you're producing, these fertilizer products. Yeah, so first of all, they're used all over, all over, all over the world. They can be used on any crop. Um, our client base at the moment, or 50% of our client base, would be based in South America, um, in either Peru, Chile, Argentina, or then in Asia, in either India or China. So probably it's going on, on fruit crops uh, or vegetable crops in them, in them regions. Um, seaweed is different than your, than your normal fertilizer that maybe a lot of your, your listeners might be familiar with. You know, the NPK fertilizers that have been used predominantly in agriculture forever. Seaweed's totally different. As where the NPK value is, a, is like a zero zero one, So the benefit doesn't come from them. The benefit in the seaweed comes from the the seventy uh, minerals and vitamins and enzymes uh, that are in in the seaweed that are developing the plant in, in a way that's totally different than your your normal standard NPK. So it's like a multivitamin tablet you're giving you're giving the plant to make it healthier, rather than than feeding it just NPK or force feeding it. Now, before we go into a little bit more detail about the business, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your background. You're from Kilcar, and when you were growing up, I reckon fair to say that you didn't think that now you'd be uh, running a business like this. It's uh, a pretty much a, a niche market, so I'm wondering, where did the initial interest come? Well, leading on from, from the education, I'm an accountant by trade, I got a job in a local uh, factory here, uh, which made seaweed products as well. Um, a company called OGT, they're now called Trade Corp, they're a Spanish-owned company. But I got a job pretty much as an accounts assistant there at a young age. And then from that, I really only done that job for about one month and was thrown into the, the sales world and traveling the world promoting, you know, uh, promoting our products. And I done that for, I traveled the world uh, with that company for a number of years until about, I think about 2011 or so, 
when I really it was time for maybe settling down. I was out of the country maybe six months, seven months of the year, travelling on the road selling uh, seaweed liquid, and uh, maybe I wanted to settle down. And uh, I uh, I took some time out. I was probably burned out at the time. I went back, done a bit more education, had one or two jobs, and then in seventeen uh, the opportunity came that uh, yeah we could go at it again. So when you had this change of tack and you were going to look at it, did you consult other people? Was there a number of people involved with you from the start or were you a one-man show? Difficult to be a one-man show. Uh, I got the opportunity with uh, a local businessman from Killybegs with his business being in Duncanilly, uh, Charlie Vile, or Charles Vile. I mean, he owns Seafish. And uh, just from conversations I had with him about developing, you know, a seaweed and, and a fish-based uh, biostimulant that uh yeah we got together and said right let's let's see uh let's see over 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 a year or two period can we develop something and then can we find a market and if we can we will we'll make a business from it then so that's predominantly how it started um the conversation started in the middle of 2017 and it really took product launch date was january 2021 so it took a couple of years to get the product right and to get the product that, you know, the small amount of trials that we done that were showing very good results. I had experience from my previous employment of how to make seaweed liquid, but I'm always trying to improve how it's made, improve the consistency of it, improve the nutritional value of it. So we 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 developed that uh, with some good technology, some from the from the from the fresh trade, and yeah, we came up with uh, our product CPS. Now, tell me a little bit about the, these trials. What exactly did did they involve? The trials were just small-based trials. They were done with Dr. John Dempsey, and he's based in Kildare. And they were small, just grass-based trials, uh, predominantly just for trials on golf course stresses, putting the grass, you know, to, to two, three mil that, that a golf course would that brings its own stress, and then applying the seaweed and then seeing, you know, in terms of applying the seaweed in one half of it, and then on the other half of, of, of the lawn or of, of, the, of the golf green, you know, just going with control and seeing the difference in quality in, in terms of then getting it analysed, uh, the soil quality, the grass colour, all that. So the signs were very positive from straight away, and we knew then that we, we had a product that, that was going to work. The actual process from... The raw material to getting your end product, well, what exactly takes place to, to get it from the sea and, and harvesting it to the, the end product when you're supplying it to the customer? Talk, talk, talk us through the process. Yeah, so first and foremost, you have to, uh, you have to get harvesters, local harvesters in the county that uh, harvest. Uh, the seaweed we use is Ascophyla nodosum um, or bladderwrack that it's, it's more locally called. It grows in the tidal zone, so it grows along the coast um, in sheltered bays. So local farmers from different areas of the county um, go out and harvest that. They cut it. Uh, they live uh, and amounted it on the rock for it to grow. It grows back then pretty much like grass. It'll grow back, you know, to within, you know, within three years to about two metres. Um, so it can be recut then again. So it's a sustainable uh, product uh, if managed correctly. So we then collect the, that seaweed from our from our cutters. We transport it to the factory, and the 
big thing we do is we do that daily um, and we keep the freshness of the seaweed so it's, it's never out of the water for any more than up to 24 hours max. So then from that it goes through a rigorous cleaning stage to get rid of all the foreign bodies, the, the salt, the sand, the grit and that, that that will be found you know, close to the ocean shore. And then we go through a number of different machines where you're finalised then with a product that's of a pure liquid consistency, you know, um, a bit like green green milk, if you could imagine. So it pours pretty much like that. You mentioned there that the seaweed, the raw material, there's different types of seaweed. If you look around the Irish coast, is there a difference between the seaweed that you would find in Donegal with seaweed on the east coast? Are we living in an area that's particularly good for the crop? Yeah, so there's different types of seaweed. There's, I think there's hundreds of different types of seaweed that grow. Of, you know, they fall into three categories, green, brown, and red. The red ones tend to be more the ones that, you know, for human consumption. But the one we use is Ascophyllum nodosum, and it's actually the one that grows the most, and it's the one that, on the west coast of Ireland that uh, would, be, would be the easier to access, and there would be big volumes of it, and there would be a massive history the whole way down the west coast of Ireland of harvesting it. Now that seaweed only grows in the northern hemisphere on the planet, so it only grows really in Canada, Iceland, Greenland, the north tip of France, Scotland, Ireland and Norway. So, And that seaweed has been proved to be the best type uh, when you compare all the other seaweeds for agriculture, uh, crops and nutritional value. So we're very lucky to be based here, you know, that we have a resource at our doorstep that works and that's one part and then trying to make a business and make money out of it is, is the second part. Yeah. Now the actual harvesting process, that involves, I suppose, quite a bit of, of labour and it's probably fairly tough work. Uh, how do people actually cut it? Is there a special type of knife or what's the procedure there? Yeah, yeah, it's like a hook. Uh, it comes around in a U, a uh, very traditional method. Um, so it's cut uh, in uh, with a knife. Uh, the harvester then, it'll be when the tide's out, so you're working with the tide the whole time. So when the tide is out, you go out onto the, the shore, you cut them out of seaweed, so then you would have a net beside you. You would place the seaweed in the net, um, and then once you have the net full, you would close that off, tie it to the shore, and then later that evening, uh, when the tide comes in, transport that you know on on a rope uh off the back of the boat to, to the to the pier then where we can collect it seaweed is different than most other crops that that you would harvest that you can cut seaweed uh, off the rock there's no root structure so it's pulling all its nutrients from the sun and from the from the seawater so you can actually leave it in nets and as long as it can get in and out of the tide every day and water can flow through it it can still actually grow and stay alive so by cutting it, first of all, you're not you're not killing it. You're only really uh, starting to kill seaweed when you take it out of the water for 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 longer than it should than it would be used to. And the distance between where you're harvesting and the actual factory, it, it's relatively short. Is is that important? Like if you had to bring it a long distance, would that affect quality or things like that? Uh, not necessarily. Like in Ireland, you know, we get most of our seaweed. Yes, within a. 20-25 kilometre radius at the moment. If we have to go further, 
Um, as long as we can get the from the time we take it out of the water to the time we get it harvested uh, or processed and we get our preservative in the product, as long as we do that within 24 hours, there's no issue. So, you know, really, you could be taking it from Kerry on a Monday morning, have it in a at the factory by 4 p.m. if you wanted, and be able to process it that evening. So it's it's not really a concern. And just how abundant is the supply of seaweed on the West Coast? If you were to scale up production considerably, the, the raw material is there? Yeah, the raw material is there. There was a seaweed factory in Dunlow for years um, that dried the dried seaweed. And I think at the height of when they were operating, they were processing over 200 tonnes uh, per week. Now, I know between myself and maybe uh, Trade Corp and others that maybe purchase or buy the seaweed from, from farmers, I still think we're running less than 100 tonnes. So I think we're comfortably less than even or you know i think 200 to 300 might be the breaking point but between us all at the moment where we're we're well under 100 in the county keeping it sustainable the whole shift towards uh sustainable products and products that are carbon neutral and moving away from some of the traditional chemical based fertilizers this is obviously uh, uh, an area that you see considerable potential. W- what about the, the market for your product? Is it because of the fact that it's a natural product that it has so much scope? Has it grown a lot in the last few years? Yeah, so there's two points to that question. So point number one is like the world is growing at an enormous rate in terms of population. So that population has to be fed. And then in terms of more and more and more food has to be grown on a yearly basis. So farmers and big business have to look for other ways to, to, to start growing these crops. So I think from our own standpoint as a company, we're coming into a very you know, beneficial time for us where products like ours, now we're not the answer for fully growing crops, but we're certainly you know, a percentage point in growing sustainable crops. You know, seaweed is, you know, and we're doing trials all over the world and we're proving, you know, some some amazing results with seaweed. You know, the, the main thing in seaweed is is, is a thing called uh, presence of cytokines and they're a class, so they're like a plant growth hormone that's that's in seaweed and in ascophyllin. What that does in, the, in all plants and all fruit and vegetables that is growing is promoting the cell division in the plants, the roots and the shoots. And that's controlling the root length, the number of, of fruit. Um, so seaweed has an abundance of that. And that's given then massive growth proof to the plants. We're now proving that, and it's very important, say, for a, a banana grower in Argentina, and he used to ship his products there to to Europe or to the Irish market that by using seaweed just before the harvest he's getting an extra shelf life before his banana would be classed as as out of date he's getting an extra three days because he's using seaweed and that's that's what we're proving at the moment and then on top of that even we have a customer in the Netherlands who is in the decorative flowers and that ships flowers all over Europe and again He's getting an extra, extra couple of uh, two to three days on average more from his flowers because he's used seaweed in the process, and that do, 
On top of that, we're showing yield increases in all the different crops by just using seaweed. You know, you can, in a, in a, in a normal strawberry crop in Italy, they're showing yield increases of between 10 and 11% by using seaweed on their crops. So the living figures are, are, uh, are, are amazing for us and uh, shows great potential for, you know, how we can market it in the future. Absolutely. And then what about certification and, and quality controls and quality standards? Is there an industry standard that you adhere to? Um, not currently. Now, the European Union are working on a biostimulant registration. We don't fall under the fertilizer registration because there's not enough NPK in seaweed. So, like I said maybe before, seaweed would have a 001 NPK Uh, which isn't enough to classify it as a fertilizer so it's classed as a biostimulant so the European Union are working on on a on a document to uh and standards uh, that we work with at the moment our seaweed product is registered organic in in both uh, in Europe and in Ireland Europe and in the USA Canada and Mexico um our fish product that we do uh can't be registered organic at the moment um, but we're, we're, we're working on, on, on talking to the organic boards to discuss that further. So in a nutshell, a, a biostimulant is a, a naturally occurring booster, in effect. Yeah, so biostimulant will be a substance that, when applied, stimulates the natural processes of the plant. So it's not force-feeding like you over here, 10, 10, 20. Most farmers in Donegal would, you know, you're, you're applying it and you're seeing instant big boosts. You know, this is stimulating the natural plant processes, benefits and the only thing it improving to is the nutrient uptake that's in the soil and then making it in a far better condition that if stress comes in or a disease comes in, that it's able to fight it. And with all them, that improves the quality of, of what you're growing and the yield of what you're growing as well. You're listening to Business Matters, my guest in this week's programme is Barry Doherty of CMB Agri Enterprises. Join us again after this commercial break. Study a Doctorate of Business Administration, DBA, at Atlantic Technological University and obtain the highest level management qualification available. This advanced degree can involve a remarkable journey of growth, both individually and within the broader context of the business world. Check out atu.ie forward slash DBA to register your interest. Welcome back. You're listening to Business Matters with me, Chris Ashmore. I'm speaking with Barry Doherty, co-founder and managing director of CMB Agri Enterprises, which has its factory in Duncanily. Barry, the factory itself, you now employ seven people and uh, you're actually about to increase your workforce. The factory itself, uh, it's in the Old Mart. Yeah, so continuing on the agricultural theme, I was there for for a number of years. I remember going with my father when I was younger to, to, to that mart, so I didn't think when I was a young guy of eight or nine that uh, I'd end up uh, working there. So yeah, it's a good location, it's close to home, and it's, and it's close to the raw material, so it's, uh, it's good for us. Now, the production process, uh, there was obviously quite a bit of machinery involved, and capital expenditure so getting the the plant 
up and running, just how big a task was that and what sort of backing did you have to get? Uh, I presume you, you needed financial assistance. Yeah, so, you know, being able to talk about making a product and uh, knowing what you want and then having the capital and the money to do that. Um, I have to hand to my co-founder, Charlie. You know, we, we worked together with uh, with the banks and uh, we, we got loans uh, that covered it. Now, you know, it wasn't, you know, a five-star uh, factory at the start, but every day we're improving it. We spent an awful amount. We probably spent over 600,000 euros in the factory over the last three years in terms of just bringing up and improving the standards um, the whole time. And again, we'll invest another 200,000 into the factory next year to further improve uh, what we're at. But it was difficult getting getting the funding. Um, but having you know Charlie as a co-founder and you know having his support and his you know his contacts really in the banking world we were able to secure it and yeah start processing and then you know uh all of a sudden you know the bank loans have to be repaid and uh you have to have money coming in the door so that's really when the fun began yeah and the the markets for your product from day one you you obviously had a number of customers so how much has it grown from those early days back in 2018? Yeah, well, we've grown at a rate of back in, we didn't really start, we didn't sell anything to 2020, or sorry, 2021, January. So we've been growing at, you know, between 50 and 70% every year. And uh, yeah, we expect that growth to continue for a couple of years and then maybe more to flatline as, 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 as we get larger. That will be our, our growth plan. Um, now it's going to take a lot of hard work, um, but yeah, we've got seven staff at the moment. You know, good employees. Uh, we have another advertisement out for for a key member of staff. Getting good staff is, you know, really the heart and soul of any business. So we take our time. We try and find the right individual uh, f- for exactly what we need, and then uh, develop them, and you know, help us develop the business and grow it as well. So these biostimulants, uh, which are derived from seaweed and fish, you've got markets all over the world f- for them. Uh, is Ireland a, a leading player in this sector? It would be, uh, certainly. You know, there would be, there'd be a couple, there'd be three big players in Ireland, um, making some of them making a different type seaweed using a different method of how to make it. So our method would differ from a lot of the competition as in we use no heat in our extraction method to make the liquid. So we're using a cold process. The product reaches about 20, maybe 24 degrees max. Other other companies that are making seaweed liquid are using high temperatures up to, I mean, between 150 and 400 degrees. So I think that's one of the reasons why we, you know we haven't you know we haven't lost some of the nutritional value in the cooking of it that we're seeing such good results. Now the end product, tell us uh, in terms of the, the the volume. First of all, when it's shipped out, what size uh, container is it in, and just how much is needed when it's being applied to whatever crop it, it's been put on. The, the size yeah. and the volume required. So our current capacity at the moment in the factory is well. At the moment, this week we'll produce 
11,000 litres. Their capacity is probably triple that. But 11,000 litres would, would, would for, for where we're at at the moment, would keep us going. So we can package that uh, depending on the distributor. Some distributors and some companies like to package it themselves. Um, some companies like to add other micronutrients to the seaweed. For example, we have a distributor in Italy. Um, so they, they buy they buy 20,000 litre loads that, that go away in them IBCs, them stage cage tanks that you, that you might be familiar with. And they're adding boron to the product because there's a deficiency of boron in the south of, uh, south of Italy at the moment in the grapes. So they're adding a small bit of boron and then they're packaging it themselves. In Duncan Ely, we can package from 5 litre, a 10 litre, 20 litre drum, 25 litre drum, the... Yeah, and then we ship it away either by the pallet with the local company Duffy's Express do most of our most of our European uh, deliveries, and then we go further afield then if we need uh, containers. So it's majority of what we do at the moment goes away in full container loads of twenty thousand liters to different parts of the world, and then the customer package it and label it then themselves in their own language and uh, to the requirement that they need. So you mentioned, I think, 95% being for export. What about the home market? Uh, is there scope for more people in Ireland? Or are we going to see further use in, in the agricultural sector here, for example? Yeah, there is a big market there already. The other seaweed companies in Ireland have probably had a head start on me as I'm, I'm, I'm more new to this market. So it's a market that is developing for us. You know, I think the potential on Ireland is huge. You know, I, th- I think there's, you know, in terms of seaweed liquid, there's certainly, I would, my best guess would be that there's maybe half a million litres of seaweed liquid sold to farmers in Ireland on a yearly basis. So we'll be trying to edge into some of that market over the coming years. But certainly, yeah, you know, farmers are becoming more conscious about what they're putting on their on their land. And if you're getting results with a, with a product that, you know, is, is, is growing and is manufactured in Ireland, then, you know, the Irish will, will they'll, they'll give you every chance. Now, research and development, a key uh, component for any expanding business. Do you carry out much uh, in the whole R&D side of things yourselves or do you link in with uh, other partners? So uh, that probably brings me on to... Uh, in January of this year, uh, we took on uh, an investor uh, into the business, a uh, Japanese uh, conglomerate, really, um, Mitsui and, and Co, they're called. Um, they're a big, massive company in Japan. They employ about 44,000 people, you know, 110 billion uh, euro turnover. So they're, 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 they're big players. Now, they're in all different markets, but they're also in the nutrition market. And they're really now have been this past 12 months moving our R&D work, you know, from where we could only really afford to do one or two trials per year. At the moment, we would have 37 different trials going on in 17 different countries at the moment on all different plants from almonds to strawberries to wheat and barley um, uh, and then in Japan to all different types of uh, lettuce that they grow over there. So, yeah, it's very exciting uh, with them. The results that are coming through are fascinating, and it's shown 
very encouraging signs for, for, for good growth over the next, you know, five to ten years. And this is hugely significant for, for a company of their size uh, to become involved. Uh, am I right in saying that they've taken a, a share of, of CMB Agri Enterprises Limited? Um, yeah, correct. Yeah. We, we were very lucky to get them on board, you know. Um, but back in, when we just first made the product back in 2021, I, I visited a trade show in Barcelona. And I was actually going to see a different distributor, but this company in Peru, uh, I managed to get speaking to. And they said that they had an interest in seaweed. Seaweed was becoming a big a big thing in Peru for farmers. And could I send them a sample and do some trials? And six months later, I think it was July of maybe August of 2021, they, they called me and they said the results they got were amazing. They wanted to start selling it and distributing it, and they ordered it. But what I didn't know at the time was uh, Matsui, the Japanese uh, multinational, also owned them. So the Japanese then found out about these results, and then pretty much all of a sudden there were <laughs> Japanese people arriving in from Japan to meet with us and discuss you know, the potential of the business and you know how they could help us. And yeah, we came to an agreement and we're 12 months into it now in January and it's, it's gone very well so far. So it's a, it's a massive vote of confidence and given the, the figures that you've put out there about the growth so far, uh, the next five, ten years, uh, is it a case that you know there's, there's massive potential growth? How do you actually manage that? You know, I presume you have to be careful that you don't overexpand too quickly. Well, that's it. Now, you know, to be fair uh, to Mitsui, you know, they bring great structures to a business. You know, um, I get great support myself. They're not like a like a hedge fund that will come and they'll, they'll throw a pile of money at you and they'll say, right away you go and, and make it work. You know, Mitsui are, work, are working with us at every stage. Um, you know, in terms of the approach, we discuss it as a team you know, how we need to grow, when we need to grow, what markets we need to grow into, and, you know, what's the best value for all around. So it's very strategically done with the, with the Japanese, and, uh, you know, even myself, there was a lot of learning in it for myself, how to, how to structure a business, how to structure growth, and how to plan for it. So you're providing valuable local employment. It's a, an export product. Turnover is going up. In terms of the, the state supports, Barry, and, and the agencies here within Donegal, have they been a, a source of considerable help to you? Yeah, we, yeah, they have been. So because we have under 10 employees at the moment, when you go over 10, you fall into the Enterprise Island category. We're not in the guilt docks, so we're not uterus. So Leo was our point of call, and I have to hand it to the team there at Leo in Donegal in the office in Letterkenny. They have been... Uh, Really unbelievable to me. Anytime uh, I needed support, uh, they were there to help me in terms of financial, in terms of uh, management training, in terms of even putting up the website. All them supports they've helped me with. And without them, uh, you know, I, I really don't think we would have got to where where we got to. So you know, I have a lot of a lot of thanks to give to give the guys in the office. But yeah, brilliant. Uh, I found them very good so far. So thumbs up for them. Yeah, it's, it's important to get the message out that the local enterprise office, there are, there are so many 
uh, different courses, there's mentoring, uh, there's information days, there's seminars. And, you know, there is a lot of uh, tools out there. There's a lot of knowledge that can be gained and it's there. If you go and ask, they're more than willing to promote it and, and, and to try and assist you in every way. Yeah, that's what I found with them. If you, if you ask uh, exactly what you said, you know, they will help and, and they want to help, you know, and I think they take great pride in helping. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think the team that's there at the moment are, are, are excellent. In terms of inputs, Barry, and rising costs, uh, what are your biggest outlays in, in the production process? Uh, do you consume a lot of electricity in, in the process? Yeah, well, we try to be as green as we can. Um, you know, being a manufacturing business, you know, energy is our big cost. Um, and then our next biggest cost is transportation. You know, transporting products to parts of the world have got so much expensive, so much more expensive. I'll, I'll give you one example. Uh, you know, before COVID, I know sending a full container load to Oakland and California you know, door to door would have cost you in the region of six to seven thousand. Today, that cost, because I have a container going away in January, is fourteen and a half thousand. So it's nearly doubled. Mm-hmm. Considerable. You know, so then, you know, and you know, you're trying to look after your customers. You don't want to pass on all these, you know, costs and keep increasing. So it's it's made it more difficult to uh, to make profit. But, you know, we keep things good and tight in the factory. You know, being an accountant, you know, the staff will probably tell you, <laughs> tell you it's hard to get me <laughs> to spend money. But uh, I think if we spend it in the right places, you know, the, 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 growth, will, the growth will come. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult and we manage it on a daily basis, all our costs. We buy a lot of packaging, a lot of plastics. Plastics costs fluctuate with, uh, with the price of diesel. So it's, it's 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 never the one price. Every time you go ordering, you know, drums or even labels, it's 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 a different price. So you just got to keep on top of it and just manage it correctly. Now your seaweed-based products, when they come out of the factory, are they branded under your own name, or are there different names and and different types of of individual products? Is is there a big range of yeah, products? Yeah. So in in Ireland, we would there's two. Can be bought under two brands. It can be brought under the brand CPS, uh, CBIO CPS, or bought under the brand uh, Nova Novasco, uh, which is sold to farmers down the country. Um, so that would be the two brands in Ireland. Uh, in America, in the USA, we sell under our own brand name. We've got a warehouse in Oakland that we store our product. And then we ship directly from there to our customers, uh, predominantly on the, on, the, on the west coast of uh, America. And they all sell under the CBIO brand name. Every other country in the world that's selling it is selling it under their own brand name. Uh, so I don't have much of an input into that. We just uh, maybe label the product for them. But yeah, so under our own brand name in Ireland, it's CBIO, CPS or Novasco. And away from work, Barry, uh, you have a keen interest in Gaelic games. Don't know if that's always a case of unwindings. What uh, what ways do you unwind when you're out of the business environment? Well, th- this year I, I managed my local under under seven teams 
before that, I would have been uh, for a, a number of years been the senior manager in Kilkar. So going from being the senior manager for for a, a number of years uh, down to under sevens is is really a breath of fresh air. It's it's good fun. Uh, it's it's it doesn't take up too much time. You know, running a business uh, of this size, it's growing takes up a lot of time. So. You know, on a Friday evening at half five on the football pitch, training training the underage uh, is 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 a nice way to just switch off uh, for the weekend. Um, so yeah, that's really what I'm at at the moment, and part of the the development committee here in in the club as well, trying to trying to find some euros to to spend on development in the club. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what a uh, locally what I'm involved in. And finally, Barry, C&B Agri Enterprises, where would you like to see the company in, say, five years' time? Just how big can it grow? I don't like to put a, a number on it. The, the Japanese maybe could put a number on it for me, but I would like to see, you know, growth that's sustainable for us, that, you know, is bringing loads of jobs, you know, to the local area, to our county. And, you know, good, well-paid jobs as well that, uh, you know, that uh, people want to get involved with us in the business. And, yeah, you know, I'd be very happy with that. Barry, many thanks for joining us on the programme uh, this week and telling us all about CMB Agri Enterprises. Uh, it's been a very interesting story and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Chris. And finally, if you want to contact me, Chris Ashmore, you can email me at businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with Atlantic Technological University, Donegal. Study for a Doctorate of Business Administration and obtain the highest level management qualification available. Visit atu.ie forward slash dba.